0: Right, what's cracking lovely people? Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, a podcast about nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences. My name is Matt Gardner, I'm your host as always. I'm a nutritional therapist and if you're new to the show, I've recorded over a hundred episodes. So if you're interested, look back after you've listened to this one. I've spoken to coaches, friends, business owners, uh, performance nutritionists And uh, as always, this show is powered by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. You can gain 10% off your first order with them by using Mat10 at checkout. And I'd say my favourite product at the moment is probably their Ultimate Daily Greens powder. Really simple, cheeky tablespoon. Pop it in, give it a mix and get it down. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Right, let's get into this today. My guest is a lovely lady called Lucy Patterson. I've had her on the show before, so I'll link to that first episode. Uh, She's waiting quietly, so I will rifle through a little bit of a bio and then we can get into a chat. So uh, for those of you that are new and you haven't listened to the first episode of Lucy and I, we actually met close to 10 years ago now back in America at a kind of uh, kids camp that uh, basically carried out sports activities for a range of kids um in uh, the east coast in pennsylvania so uh, lucy was on the water as a lifeguard i was a tennis coach blagging it at the time fast forward a few years we, we ended up working together in in the fitness industry um for a kind of small bespoke personal training company um so so we did some coaching and things like that together and lucy's worked in health and fitness and sport most of her career she had a short hiatus in the charity sector um, So that's what we discussed in our first episode. So it was fast food industry to promote a healthier outcome for inner city families. And um, yeah, she's been a qualified nutritional therapist for two years, similar to me. Um, and fast forward now, she, she juggles a nutrition business um, along with uh, full time work in secondary school and PE. So Lucy, thanks for waiting quietly. And um, yeah, how are you and where, and where are you in this lockdown?
1: I'm doing all right, I think. Um, currently in South West London, in beautiful Leaky Richmond, um, and yeah, I think sort of holding up all right, We've kind of falling into a bit of a routine now, and um, obviously uh, moving away from school as part of the lockdown, that's been um, a bit different, taking some getting used to, for both us as teachers and um, all, the, all the kids at school, um, but I think people are, you know, I think teachers and kids alike, we're all kind of um, settling into it, like I say, um and they're starting to get used to online teaching it's a bit different but enjoying it for the most part
0: yeah what does that look like in terms of your your p teaching online do you have um is it more theory based um and and you know you're recording lectures
1: well for the little ones it's been like when we first went into lockdown honestly joe wicks was an absolute (laughs) lifesaver um because we had so little (laughs) we had so little time to prepare anything um we just like plunge straight into it so it was a lot of um you know sort of describing joe wick's workouts for the kids to do until we got on our feet and figured out a plan as to how we were going to sort of run normal pe lessons um on a day-to-day basis um and then yeah and then for the little ones it's been like lots of challenges kind of trying to get them to go outside as much as um, well you know within the, the guidelines and stuff but try and do the yeah. daily exercise outside um seeing as they can rope in members of their family um it's quite like a competitive element to it um Making like lots of leaderboards for different classes and that kind of stuff, so they can all see how they're ranking. Mm. Um, and then for the older ones, so obviously GCSE PE and A level PE, that's um, we've tried really hard not to allow their learning to be too disrupted. So um, the Google platforms have been brilliant. And we use Google Classroom a lot at our school, um, and it's yeah, setting them kind of almost like a lecture format. Um, we do a little bit of um, um, like video talk sometimes. Um, but for the most part, it's been a lot of like sort of self-directed learning, which is very different for them, but also really good. Because um, it's a skill that they're going to have to learn to use, um, you know, as they progress up um, into the different areas of education, if they go any higher than like, A-level mm. kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's a bit different, but I think, I think it's all right. I don't mind it too much. I, I do miss school, though. I miss, miss the interaction with the kids.
0: Yeah, we're the same. We kind of thrive off that. You know, that energy yeah. of people wanting to move and, and, and learn about health and obviously, in your case, sport and, you know, the PE curriculum. But I think I was speaking to a couple yeah. of chaps earlier. I help out on this programme. I do the nutrition side and it's for um, some kids up north and they're into various sports and, and you know, this, this company that I, that I work for part-time. We did a webinar earlier and one of, the, one of the guys, one of the coaches brought up something that, I don't know, I just hadn't really thought about. And it's so simple. and He's saying to the kids, obviously, outside of your uh school and and your curriculum learning and things if you're into your rugby or your cricket or whatever you know you've got an unprecedented amount of time now um you're not just in school and you're not just uh being shuttled to training sessions and waking up and doing that on repeat you know start watching uh your sport you know start speaking to your family about things and obviously i was discussing Um, getting in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff so yeah. i think even though it's you know it's tough and it goes without saying people are in just complete different circumstances but it does give kids the opportunity to think actually you know i'll get off the treadmill here and i can look at a few things that i'm interested yeah. in and and you know hopefully they can combine that because the online learning is another skill you know useful for you useful for me i'm podcasting a lot more so i suppose yeah people can grab a few things from it really can't they yeah definitely they've um
1: was kind of set for a year twelve group, and um, they've had the challenge of every week one of the kids in the class chooses a um, a documentary that the whole group has to watch. Um, and so with in that into in your point of like sort of widening their scope of what they're engaging in and not just you know their their sport and the training that they do at their club or whatever. Um, so we've had some brilliant ones. There's been um like Icarus. I don't know if you've seen that one, and mm. they've watched the Lance Armstrong documentary and um linked to 33 fuel um is the the one that uh luke taberski did where he that crazy like ultra triathlon do you know the one i mean
0: no i don't i I was thinking um um, i was watching i've watched that um that mad one where that chap does uh 50 ironmans oh ultimate triathlon cool Cool. Cool. i'll put it in the show notes
1: yeah
0: yeah that sounds interesting yeah i'm on um the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan series, like covering yeah. the ball, <laughs> that is really good because I, you know, I haven't looked at basketball really ever, let alone obviously in the 90s when I was a kid. And the other one I'm on at the moment is yeah. this um, Following Absolutely. the Mumbai Indians. Have you seen that cricket huh? and IPL?
1: No. Yeah. No, I haven't seen yeah.
0: that. That one's really I like good. The... Yeah. Yeah, there's,
1: there's some really good ones out at the moment. So you're totally right. It's like it's the perfect opportunity for them to start um widening their experience
0: of different sports and stuff yeah yeah cool well look talking of experience obviously the other side of what you do you're you're gaining experience as a practitioner as a nutritional therapist it would be cool um i think part of part of the podcast we're going to both go into you know defining different types of nutritionists dietitian in sport clinical setting all that but it'd be good to hear how you got into things and became a nutritional therapist to kind of give give the listeners a uh you know a bit of a practical example so um yeah how are you getting on with it
1: um so well so i suppose we'll start from the beginning so for me um nutrition anyway has been it's been a lifelong interest um my mum is a typical uh she she she's just a bit of a hippie to be honest she she loves she loves food but she loves to grow food um she's all she's got this like like stunning vegetable patch and she's just bought a new trough and all sorts and um like some of my earliest memories were being sent out to like you know the pair of scissors to go and cut fresh finish from the garden that kind of thing. we were really lucky um with having that kind of thing available growing up um and then, so, and then fast forward i suppose to um my undergraduate degree so that was um english with sports science a bit of a weird mix but I remember looking through before I even started the degree, looking through the modules to see when I could learn about sports nutrition, um, and to my despair, it, it wasn't until the very last term of my final year, um, and it was only one, one one module as well. I think it was worth 20 credits or something. It wasn't even that much, but I looked forward to that for three years. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's always been an interest. And then coming out of uni, I don't know, I um, nutrition was still something that I was interested in, but I think when you finish, especially with such a strange degree as the one that I came out with, there were so many paths that I could go down. And so I kind of chased different avenues for quite a while. Mm. And then, you know, and that led me out to America with you. It led me into personal training with you, like, you know, a couple of years down the road. Mm. Um, it led me to sort of sports events. And I went to America for a bit and worked at the university. And um, and then, you know, I, I t- took a completely different tack and I did a bit of um, copywriting and sort of, allowed the creative English literature side of my brain to take control for a little bit um but then somewhere in the midst of that I kind of I was um I couldn't get rid of the nutrition thing it was still I know I started reading about stuff for fun and it was I think it was at the time as well where um nutrition was really becoming a bit more of the like public language it was really kind of coming to the fore in like public health and things and links were starting to be made a lot more between you know x and nutrition and how everything kind of inter interplays to form health as a you know a whole thing Mm. um and i but i also wasn't in a position where i could go back to universities to to university and do a a completely new degree or do a full-time master's so for me i went towards nutritional therapy and the college of naturopathic medicine in london because of um, their approach to it, first of all, because I really liked the kind of the emphasis on it being very holistic and really taking into consideration, not only a person's, you know, individual nutritional needs, but also their lifestyle and the environment that they live in. Um, but also then the other side of it being that they offer the real flexibility of being able to do it on the weekends um, and me working full time and not being able to drop any hours of work, you know, from a financial perspective um that was a really appealing option for me so um yeah so I I stopped just reading about it for fun and and actually decided I would cash in on the clear interest that I'd had for years um and kind of get going with a formal qualification and then it, you know three well four years actually down the road because I I took my time doing it (laughs) um and I came out with a qualification two years ago so um that's kind of the backstory really into how it all
0: came about yeah it's good to hear and i think it gives the listener a a bit of a chance to kind of unpick things and understand like right okay um because obviously we'll hear about the the company you set up and some of the stuff you're doing on social media and things in a minute um but then yeah everyone kind of maybe lumps in nutrition um and nutritionists and practitioners together and thinks like you know what's the difference? Uh, what does a dietitian do in a hospital um, you know what does a sports nutritionist do and then obviously nutritional therapy it's 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 grown like you said from something on the on the fringe you know complementary medicine a bit murky to now like you said people wanting to use food and medicine together and you know there are all these places you know we went to the same college and I was exactly the same I was I was working in the week and It was kind of two weekends a month and then I like that final year where you sat in front of someone granted you brought them in or you know one of your kind of classmates uh, referred you someone so it wasn't a complete stranger but then you went through this uh, process of obviously understanding their background health history um, if they've had any kind of tests or things um, with the doctor you know what they're interested in in getting out of a bit of a service a one-on-one service and I think that's maybe the place to start for the listener to think about what a nutritional therapist does. You know, most nutritional therapists, like I work with roughly twenty of them, uh, for most most of my day job at Nuffield. Um, we you know we see people one on one, um, yeah. and, and that and that could be an easy way to kind of introduce that to someone to get them to understand nutritional therapy. It is you know very much a bespoke approach where. I don't know how you how you practice would be cool to go into it in a minute, Lucy. But, you know, I might speak to someone for 10, 15 minutes initially on the phone or now obviously over video call and just get to know what they want to get get out of things. And then that initial assessment encompasses questionnaire, food diary, a lot of in-depth stuff that we won't go into now. But, you know, that's the roadmap to then understand, OK, you know, a bit of a past history on the individual, what they want to achieve out of the service. And then obviously you have that consultation and it's completely um, you know directly focus on that person um would you would you yeah. kind of say that's that's a you know a fair de- a fair description i know we can really riff on this but it's it's probably a good place yeah, to start
1: definitely. yeah I think i think you're, you're totally right to say that it's been a bit of a murky a murky term potentially um in the past but because of how um how much nutrition and interest in it um, has grown I think quite naturally nutritional therapists and anybody that is a professional working in the nutrition space is kind of coming to the fore a little bit more and people are talking about the different strands of nutritional professions um, and I, I personally find it quite difficult to, um, to tell the difference really between each strand so between you know a registered nutritionist and yeah. a dietitian and a nutritional therapist. I think there's a lot of real similarities. I think the key one is that we're all we should we should all be motivated by the same thing, and that's you know the underlying drive to help people and to you know make them better, and, and the innate belief that you can really do that through using food and through manipulating nutrition. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know enough I suppose about the the inside practices of a dietitian versus a nutritionist and and therefore how they might differ to the way that we would approach something but I can't imagine that they would be that different I mean maybe you'd be able to talk a bit more to that yeah because of your exposure to those other um practitioners yeah Um, but whether they also take kind of the way that we do like the a real deep history of You know, lots of different aspects of the person and their families Mm. to gain a really good, like holistic, rounded picture of um, exactly what's going on with them.
0: Mm. I think I think some doing like you said, there's strands with with the strands within each one. So a registered nutritionist would often work in industry, so they could do a undergraduate degree in nutrition sciences, or they could do like a postgraduate masters. That they can then affiliate themselves with association of nutrition. So an example Mm. for the listeners would be, um, and and Brandy works with her would be Jenny Rosborough. So she's head of nutrition at Jamie Oliver. I've had her on my podcast, and she's someone that works with a nutrition team, helps with or her team help with formulating recipes for books. She goes on TV sometimes. You know, she'll she'll talk on podcasts. So her day job isn't with the individual, you know, someone coming to her to be like, look, um, I want to support nutrition. Sorry, I want nutritional support to help with my skin or to help with my mood or something like that. So, you know, she'll she'll be that side. Um, so that kind of gives an example or another lady that um, I'm, try- I'm trying to get her on the show, but she I haven't got back to it at the moment. Her name's Emma Williams. So She's one of the nutritionists at Waitrose, for example. So I, th- mm. I, I believe she's gone down that similar route. So that kind of gives the listener a bit of an example. Not all registered nutritionists work in industry, but they might, you know, they might work in industry for food companies. Yeah. They might work in healthcare. And then the dietitian, yeah. another one would be actually who I've had, I've had Anita Bean on. So she she is a recipe developer. Um she's got quite a few books out. I'm not sure if she works with people one on one anymore. She might have in the past. Um mm. so so that's that mm. size. And then the dietitian yeah. would be someone who's done an undergraduate course um and and then basically can register themselves under the the I think it's the um wherever I put it down the Health Care Profession Council so they can become like a band yes. 5 dietitian and then obviously they can work with patients diabetes um cystic fibrosis you know all those kind of things but then they can go private too. So like you said, I think the the, the key thing is that there's strands in, in each of these different, uh, I don't even want to call them different professions, because obviously, like you said, we're all working with people or we're all writing or working in food industry that then goes to the person. Um. So I think that yeah. that gives that gives a, a a little bit of clarity. So you could think maybe most yeah. registered nutritionists work in industry. Dietitians, you know, clinically, even though they they can then you know run their own businesses, go private, um, and then obviously nutritional therapists like ourselves, predominantly, we're working one on one. Work one to one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say that was a fairly tidy way of, you know, trying to tell the difference between the three for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But no, it's good. And I think it's a good it's a good way to be able to unpack that. Like I've, I've got a, a lady coming on the pod soon called Francesca and we connected over Instagram and she's a dietitian. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing the ins and outs of, of her um, day job, you know, working mm. working in a hospital. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool. You know, now obviously it sounds like you're busy, obviously getting to grips with teaching online and things like that too. But but with your side, mm-hmm. nutritional therapy, obviously you finished at CNM, similar to me. Uh, you, you've got the qualification you've got some clinical practice you know from that like you said you've got writing experience you've, you've invested yourself in health and nutrition since you were young getting in the garden and that kind of thing how, how have you then turned it over to then start offering a service and and you know wanting to to work with people to kind of better their health
1: um well I think so um the company that I've just set up or the, the service that I've just established is called Swell Health and um the drive to set that up and I suppose the the drive to start studying nutrition anyway was just this I, I've had, you know, my own experience with various health issues, um and they've kind of informed the areas that I like to or I tend to sort of specialise in. Um but the the reason for setting up Swell I suppose was just this desire to not allow people or to really not want people to live feeling subpar. And, and I think that there's, it's quite normal these days to um, not feel 100%, but to have felt that way for so long that you just think that that's the way that it is. And that's just, you know, oh, it's just, I just get bloated after lunch every day and that's just how I am. It's just mm. normal. Um, and or you know you're always t- always just so tired at 3:30 in the afternoon and that's that's just the way that I am and it's always been that way so it must be normal and that's okay but actually that's you know those things might not be necessarily normal and, and actually maybe you could feel much much better than the way that you do day to day so it's yeah it's this kind of like desire for people to just really be able to live feeling the absolute best and be able to do the things that they want to do to their best ability. Um, I'm, you know, a keen sports person. So for for me, that also stretches to athletes and really wanting to optimize um, their performance, whether that's, you know, training, recovery, or like in competition as well. Um, Mm. So yeah, so like I say, I suppose, well health is just, it's my expression of all of those things. Um, And I, you know, I've I've trained and, and studied hard um, across my undergraduate degree and, then the degree and then the and then the and then the and the C- to do this and I realized that that's a real privilege to have been able to do those qualifications and study as hard as I did mm. um so now I suppose the aim is to use all of that knowledge that I've got to sort of have a, a real positive impact on other people if I possibly can mm. um and that's kind of what Swell Health is about.
0: That sounds great and obviously you know we're, we're very similar in terms of our mentality and parts of our you know training background things too so it's um yeah it just makes me think a lot as well and look back and um oh wait a sec i think we're getting a bit of feedback lucy can you hear that sorry about that lovely people technical issues eh that doesn't happen very often but anyway get back into it as i was saying so um yeah kind of refl- reflecting on your journey lucy and like you said st- studying for a lot of your 20s and, and putting together uh your nutritional toolbox and then obviously wanting to help people perform um obviously like you said you touched the sports side of things we've both got, got that as a background as a keen interest but i think it's good to get into just performance in general you know throughout the day so we can support people in terms of uh, energy levels mood and you don't have to be climbing mountains you know running running ironmans all that kind of stuff a a lot of it like you said is can I can I eat uh, my main meals and not feel sluggish and things afterwards Uh, can I figure out a bit of a a food plan that can allow me to maintain my weight or um, you know to have consistent energy through the day so um yeah it's often just supporting people with with the basics and then helping them nourish themselves through food isn't it
1: yeah absolutely um and a big one that comes to mind at the moment um is you know my sister really suffers with um like hay fever and allergies and things and that's another example of you know someone that's <laughs> just been oh but that's just how i am for you know for months during the summer um And, um, but it's, it's, that's not how it has to be. And and it pains me to see her struggle with that. So we're kind of working together at the moment on um, getting her to uh, sort of tackle the the underlying causes of some of her um, problems with hay fever and things at this time of year. Mm.
0: Um, That's interesting. Yeah, You're you're
1: totally right. A lot of the time it is kind of just supporting the basics of things um, and really nailing those. And I think um, that's also kind of one of the approaches for um nutritional therapy is really taking it as a food first kind of approach um so for me personally i'd much rather have people um start um with the basics and that you know for me that means with food and then you know later on if if necessary um that's when things like supplements would come into play but um for me you know tackling it through a food approach first of all and getting the basics in in is um is really key
0: yeah, and I think yeah, it's important I'm to. Yeah, it's important to have that conversation because I think if, if people hear, you know, you're a nutritionist or a nutritional therapist, and they're like, oh, "Okay, you know, you can help me in terms of supplementation," or there's a lot of these functional tests and things out there now. So many, um, from obviously looking mm. at the gut with stool, looking at uh, loads of different metabolites through um, uh, urine testing and things like that. And you know, don't get me wrong, s- some of my colleagues and and some people that are nutritional therapists that are interact with at conferences conferences and things you know they huge part of their practice is the functional testing and obviously you know that's why there's there's different practitioners out there and and you may want to go down that route but i'm very similar to you lucy it's unpacking a k you know how how much you're eating roughly in a work day compared to a weekend day uh, what are you eating when are you eating and even just having that initial discussion putting a few things down on yeah. paper voicing out a food diary you know it it, it really yeah. gets someone to step back and think and like you said with your sister you're not moving mountains but you're thinking okay you know when you're getting these reactions uh, what are you eating and drinking how are you feeling what's your sleep like how much are you exercising yeah. and then and then you know they almost kind of um start to unpack it for themselves so a lot of the how yeah. we go through but it's mostly just getting people to sit down and and reflect on their why you know why are you doing this why are you taking yeah. the time yeah. what do you want to get out of it really
1: yeah and speaking of reflecting i found it fascinating um quite often when because one of the things that i ask my clients to do um before we have our initial cons- consultation is to um keep a seven day uh, nutrition diary um, and I've been, I've been really interested to see how frequently it happens that when you ask somebody to do that, and you know I ask them to do it in a fair amount of detail, um, how sometimes there can be these like, light bulb moments. And it's when people take the time to actually note down the things that they're putting into their bodies and then um, kind of map that against how they're feeling and how they're sleeping and the things that they've been doing that day and, and all that kind of thing, um, that they then have that sort of reflective moment of oh my gosh and it, and they start to like put the pieces together themselves almost mm. um and that's quite nice to see sometimes when they actually come to the initial consultation um with you know a little bit of a an inkling as to the things that might be a little bit, a bit suboptimal for them um already which is you know can be quite cool
0: yeah definitely and obviously already there you know you put your own spin on things asking someone to record seven days and things like that and i think that's important yeah. and obviously like I said before, different types of nutritionists. I think there's, well, we'll find out in a few weeks when we attend this AGM online, but there's a few thousand nutritional therapists at least in this country, I believe. And people practice in different ways. And obviously... You know, we'll we'll, we'll impart a certain uh, amount of tools and help with someone's nutritional toolbox. But it's also the style, the interest, the way the practitioner kind of uh, delivers consultations and things. And, you know, that's why it's great. You know, as much as we're friends and things like that, and I I want you to come on the show and, and advertise your services and how much you care, we're not you know we're not competing with each other it's more because we have different styles and different interests and 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 we can uh we're aware of that you know we can we can um refer we can interact we can we can obviously uh discuss cases obviously appropriately not using names and things like that but i think it's uh you know, it's fantastic to, to hear a bit about how you work because, um, you know, for, for me as a practitioner, I'll, I'll learn and grow and things like that as well. So, you know, it's it's important to kind of Definitely. voice those things, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think and I think the more the practice is shared, the more you can, um, you know, refine your own offering as well. And, you know, it's, it's the same with anything, really. Um, in terms of like sort of develop, developing opinions and things, you can um, either kind of accept and assimilate things that you hear about the way that other people's people practice if you like them and if they kind of fit with what you you believe in the values that you hold the way that you want to practice or if you hear the things and you you know oh that's not quite kind of the route that i want to go and it's not the way that i feel comfortable working then equally you can kind of just let that one go but i think it is good to expose yourself to um hearing the different ways that different people practice to kind of yeah like i say like refine your own approach your own style
0: yeah definitely and how do you find you know obviously going through the seven day food diary when you first started that probably took you you know a long time yeah. to, to analyze that yeah. and obviously you know you're you're enthusiastic about it you're driven obviously you're offering a service so you want to do your best but you know i bet sometimes you sit back and look at it all and think okay you know i've got to go through quite a lot here or have you managed to kind yeah. of um you know re- really start to optimize the way you do that and turn it around quite quickly like how's that work for you
1: yeah, I think, um, I think it's the same as anything, isn't it? You, the more that you practice doing it and the more you um, kind of, kind of go, go through the motions, I suppose, for lack of a better way of saying it, with um, anything, um, the, the more efficient you get at doing it. And for me, that's certainly the way that, you know, analysing a seven-day food diary has gone. The more that I've practised it, um, the more efficient and quickly that I managed to kind of work through it. But um, this, having a sort of a seven-day... Food diary to go through i do i do you know try and protect my time a little bit and um i tend not to um schedule you know like a first appointment with anybody for probably about 48 hours after i receive their their seven day food diary yeah and because you set it on a certain day you know or i can plan in advance you know i know that their food diary will end on this day therefore they'll send it to me then and then i'll have this amount of time to go through it and then see them so you know, and particularly with, you know, full time teaching as well, I have to be really careful about how I manage my diary in that sense. Um, but also, you know, the, the reason that I ask for seven days is because um, I'm a real sort of information geek, I suppose, and I, I want as much information as I possibly can, in order to be able to give the best um, recommendations and have sort of the um, most informed picture of a person that I possibly can. And, you know, granted, seven days, in in march isn't going to be the same necessarily as seven days in november but um having two weekend days i think is important and then you know the general pattern of how somebody might eat across a working week um you know it also gives you a pretty good insight so yeah there's a few different elements to it and yes it is it can be time consuming but i think i've figured out you know my best practice and um with that alongside you know being a little bit more efficient and managing my diary it seems to work okay at the moment
0: and it might work because obviously you're very busy and you've got teaching and and um you know you've got your 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 your, your swell health um practice and being a practitioner you know you can't kind of mess around and um you have to obviously
1: there's no time for procrastination you've just got to yeah you've got this hour to get done and i'm sure there's a theory around that i'm sure there's like a name to that of some kind yeah um yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good way to go. I think it's a really good way to go. And you know, if you're a if you're a new practitioner listening to this and you're thinking, um, you know, how do I get into things and it's slightly intimidating, obviously listen to Lucy. She she's obviously qualified, figured out a bit of a system in terms of what she wants as a prerequisite to her consultations and things and then, you know, you just like you said, go on go on with it and obviously because you're time pressure but you want to offer the best service you can. Um, you know that yeah. that's how you get going, and 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 you don't just sit inside and kind of catastrophize, or you know start thinking about what other people are, uh, uh you know looking for, and are you going to be any good, and all that kind of thing. And we've all battled with that, I think, to an extent, when you when you become a practitioner, or when you're studying. But it comes back to, you know, do you want to help people? Yes, you know, are you enthusiastic about food, about lifestyle, and helping people in a natural way? Yes. And then obviously you can iron out your service and and the way things go. And, you know, I admit that I I get contacted, you know, especially in lockdown at the moment, quite a few times in in a month and sometimes after an email chain or an initial 15 minutes. You know the client thinks actually thanks but no thanks but not in a bad way and yep. sometimes i think actually mm. you know the ones that do stick and we end up working together for a little while you know we we gel and the format that i kind of push over works and and then obviously with follow-ups and things we refine the process even further and um yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it isn't often clear-cut and i think it's good to have that that kind of open conversation about things really and like you said Lucy, in the current climate more people are interested in nutrition wanting to take mm. more time over their nutrition wanting to get professional advice or um you know because they're time pressured get people like us to um you know do the legwork and go through things and then come out with you know a bit of a process or or a professional opinion on where to go next yeah definitely yeah
1: i completely agree um yeah I think at the, yeah currently you know people um aren't maybe aren't um caught up in like the hectic busy sort of day-to-day that they normally would and so there's maybe more time people are finding a little bit more time to um reflect on how they feel day-to-day and, and their current you know their how you know things like maybe um I don't know eczema or something like that that you know in your day-to-day you've had it for a while and, and you kind of deal with it and it's you know, it gets, kind of gets lost in, in the rest of what you're up to every day. Um, but now that you've, people have sort of slowed down a bit, um, perhaps it's shining a bit more of a light on actually this, you know, health issue that, or this health challenge that I have is really, um, you know, bugging me and it's not allowing me to, you know, live as fully as I would like to. And therefore I'm going to, you know, take some steps into investigating what I can do about it and maybe contact this person or that person and see how they can help. Mm. Um so, yeah, so it's good to hear
0: that you've, you've you know, had people contacting you, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, people people come from kind of all over. And also um, now I'd say maybe more people, especially if they're registered registered with bands and things like we are. And we can obviously communicate and things, um, you know, you refer clients to each other and, and sometimes things come through. And yeah. Like you said, if you if you get on with the individual and, and they like your service and obviously it comes down to a price point with a lot of people as well. Um, and then you go yes. from there so it's important to have that conversation because those those things take a little while and i think what isn't discussed on things like instagram and you see flashy websites and all these things um that you know there is a bit of a to and fro process when someone kind of on boards with you behind the scenes but then if they do if they do come through and and you end up working yeah, together you know you're in that fantastic position loose like you said where you know we thrive off getting food diaries in getting quick emails with feedback or seeing photos and things and then we can kind of go from there build a bit of a picture um, and then yeah. start to think about, OK, what what are the kind of action points I'd like this client to to go away and work on? um what what do they need to know? What do I think they need to know? You know, what are they going to mm. going to provide me with? How many stones can I unturn? And, you know, then in a month's time, um you know, I wonder how people are going to get on. And when we touch base again, that's that's for me is. You know, really, really exciting, really exciting opportunity to get into things again. And I think obviously with the lockdown period, it's tough without goes without saying. But then people maybe are um, inputting things into apps a bit more, staying in touch with practitioners like ourselves a bit more over email or scratch cooking. Um, Like you said, they're thinking about their lifestyle and how it affects their skin health so it's it's a it's a real interesting opportunity if if you work in nutrition at the moment and um you know if if you're a practitioner so that's basically yeah. why why i wanted to get you on because obviously you're you know you're you're going through that at the moment and and you're working with people so no it's really good to hear
1: yeah i really i liked your point of um <laughs> getting so excited when you get a food diary and <laughs> that kind of thing because it's so true and i <laughs> when i was um developing the like the soul health brand and stuff and um, one of the terms that i wrote down it was just like you know when you're sort of brainstorming like what's call cool a business or whatever and i've never done that process before but i like just brain dumped all this stuff as to like what i thought nutritional therapy was and um how I felt about it and the whole process one of the things that came up was this like concept of being a little like health detective mm. which sounds kind of nerdy but <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel about it so you get all these pieces of the puzzle it's like a really good mass problem or something and you you work through different phases of it and you you see a little bit here and you, you get this bit right and then you've got to go back and rejig it and it's not quite there and then it all kind of comes together at the end and you like solve this mystery um or you get someone to a really really good place mm. um and it's just the best that it's just you know amazing for them and you you know i'm sure you feel the same like you feel really fulfilled and glad that you've been able to help somebody and that like, had a positive impact and all that good stuff um so yeah it's um yeah definitely like little health detectives that's how i feel about it
0: yeah there's so there's so many strands of supportive care and i think um like you said you you might be working with people around just their their general health and and lifestyle and skin health and things like that and then i'd say you know i'm, I'm at the moment probably leaning more towards um endurance sport and then in in the corporate world generally just per- performance but not not athletically just generally performance through the day with c- cognition or a lot of people around yeah. around health span you know supporting biomarkers like blood sugar cholesterol things like that so you know it is there's there's so many different ways of working as a practitioner and and as a nutritional therapist and it's it's really good to unpack that and I think um you know we can use social media and things and they are quite powerful tools I think for me I I tend to separate it from from the day job obviously I put the podcast up but I'll do you know what I'm doing in the kitchen walking the dogs going out and about but what I do like about your uh, swell health into that you've you know you're, you're you're putting useful information up there you're also linking to the evidence base and then obviously mm. you're giving kind of practical recommendations so i think i remember seeing one on magnesium um, yeah so how are you finding kind of navigating social media now you've got this uh you know business uh brand and you've got the website you've got the instagram how's that going oh
1: good question well i'm not i don't know it's a two-edged sword for me because I typically don't really like spending that much time looking at a screen anyway I mean I'm a PE teacher like my day-to-day is running around outside most of the time so this like shift towards um emphasizing more of an online presence and naturally therefore spending more time looking at screen and you know planning stuff on my phone and that kind of thing and posting pictures on Instagram and all that stuff like I I enjoy it in the in the it's processed because I really one of the things I love to do is and um, I love um you know keeping up with the science and things um but maybe, I'm sure that's the same for you as well coming from like a sports science background like we've always been quite in tune with um how quickly the you know sports health nutrition those industries um, and the research bases within them like shift so um I love like you know reading a journal and then assimilating it into um, a way that other people might be able to access it and understand it a bit easier than just reading you know the raw academic language that it comes in normally um so social media i enjoy the process of creating the posts um but i loathe spending too much time like checking it and you know trying to make loads of connections but equally i understand it from a marketing perspective the value of doing that and how reach you can potentially have by having a really strong online presence um, i think for me the focus of my my social media accounts is i, I have i have a private one like a personal account um, but the swell health one is that the the focus has never been about me so personally i'm not going to be trying you know i'm not selling me and my lifestyle as such so there mm. will be very little on this on the instagram feed or on the facebook page about things i'm doing day to day and it's much more about you know the emphasis on what i can do for you or you know speaking as if i was to a client potentially and um so yeah so what you'll see on the feed is much more kind of information based um so more kind of around like educating and empowering people through um you know giving the information and the science behind certain um, nutrition recommendations as they come out or um interesting things that i've read that i think you know could be applied to special areas of my interest so skin health gut health and sports nutrition um or you know just the odd motivational quote or just <laughs> you know a nice picture of the ocean that i find particularly calming or whatever it might be but it, it won't necessarily be a huge emphasis on like you know me and what i'm up to necessarily um Mm. yeah you know big things for me around educating other people so um yeah a lot of it will be kind of more I think maybe that's maybe that's a a heart back to my teaching I don't know (laughs) much more about like teaching rather than um you know being in the spotlight myself I think
0: yeah exactly um and it is a strange one because obviously people can well online success I suppose is measured by how many followers and things you have but then on the on the back end you know what are you actually doing and that's it if you're pushing out something like you said there's an education tool something in nature people can connect with or you know like a quote I think that's quite powerful I've started following the you know that daily stoic um Instagram page and just you know reading things like that I think it's really useful um for some people to to use Instagram like that and I think again you know it comes back to us being quite similar that's why it's easy for us to riff on this but if people are coming onto my page it's a bit of sorry it's a bit of um you know, the odd recipe and things going on that I will actually eat most nights, you know, everything generally mm. on the page is what I've probably cooked literally within that 24 hours. Maybe Brian touched up the quality of the photo for me, but apart from that, you know, it is what it <laughs> is. And then anything after that, re- you know, refers over to email and we have a conversation and, you know, I only really use the platform to kind of um, just just um, connect with people really. And I'm yeah. constantly in people's, yeah. I use it mostly for, for direct messaging, you know, messaging other performance nutritionists, coaches, um, you know, I'm always reaching out to just say hi and liking content and, and the food stuff, BBC food, Jamie Oliver stuff, all that stuff. I'm just I kind of soak it, soak it all in. Um, and, yeah. and I find yeah, it's totally. a, it's yeah. just a food. It's mostly a food platform for me. Um, yeah. if, if, if i'm you're honest are the
1: biggest I know.
0: <laughs> yeah so it's interesting how we use different bits and like you said you want to go in yeah. and out and provide provide a tool you don't want to yeah. you don't want to be on there for too long and then i'm i'm using it as a bit of escapism for for food and um you know whereas other people they 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 run their businesses off it which is you know fine yeah. people can do what they want and i think
1: i think there's you know i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with either approach at all it's just um for me personally that's the kind of the route that I've taken and in terms of how I want the business to kind of come across, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's different ways to add value, isn't there? And Or to take value from it. I think, um, as it goes forward for me, like the Soil Health page, I'll probably use more to connect with others for the moment because it's still a bit of a new Instagram page. I'm a little bit more focused on pushing out, um, you know, bits of content that are valuable or that I would hope would be valuable to other people. Um, either if it's because, you know, it's um, uh, introducing the Swell Health service or it's, you know, like I said, like little sort of science nuggets and things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, sort of similar to you, really. Like, going forward, what I'd like is to be able to use it more to connect with other people and other practitioners. And certainly the people that I've, you know, been hitting follow on on that account have been people that... Um, uh, I you know hope to learn from so there's a lot of other other nutritionists and dietitians and sports scientists and you know performance um nutritionists and all sorts of different um people kind of within that nutrition and sports space um so yeah so you know I emphasized when I first answered that question I guess the you know it not being a personal page but also there is definitely some personal gain from it because um I'm hoping to learn a lot from the people that I've been following on that <laughs> so yeah um, yeah. yeah
0: and it's a new tool like you said you've got experience in in you know different ways and things as a practitioner through the years of of, of your studying you know undergraduate level and then, and then working in uh food charity working in sport working in you know as, as a writer and now obviously a nutritional therapist and PE teacher so it's kind of it's no no one really unless I suppose you go and do a course on it no one really kind of shows you the ins and outs of social media but the beauty of it is you can kind yeah. of uh, you know you can use it for whatever you like and and that's why I think we connected straight off the bat you you know you're into your health and fitness and things but you're very much like actually um these are the things I believe in um I've got you know quite quite a lot behind me in terms of um you know my my integrity and my honesty if I don't know something I'll learn it and um you know I think I think in that sense that's that's why we kind of connect and yeah. work quite well and it's just great to have you back on because i think obviously Perfect. if people listen to the show before you know you 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 were doing a different role back then and it's nice to get you on now and and, and see the progression um <laughs> so yeah before we round off obviously we talked about swell health but how can people yeah. uh follow you and and keep in touch so um social
1: media our Instagram is um, swell.health. So it's S W E L L as well. Um, and then where else are we? We're on Twitter. Um, and on Twitter, I think it's the other way around. I think it's health underscore swell. And then there's also a Facebook page, which should come up if you just type in swell health. Um, hopefully, if I've done my my marketing stuff well, that's what should happen.
0: Cool.
1: Um, and yeah, we'd be more than welcome to have anybody follow.
0: Awesome. Great. Okay, lovely people, look, I'll bang that in the show notes. And thanks for listening. I know it's been a bit of a wide-ranging conversation, but um you know, from a selfish point of view, it got me uh, some time with Lucy so we could we could reconnect and have a bit of a chat during the lockdown. And that I'm you know, I'm loving being able to do the podcast and and speak to friends and and other practitioners and things and catch up and hopefully give you some value. So if you enjoyed the ins and outs of you know what a nutritional nutritional therapist is and does then great um if you're interested in you know the qualifications lucy or i have then reach out um and then obviously you know go and follow lucy and things for some little education nuggets advice well health and stuff and um yeah look after yourself stay stay healthy um and uh, yeah we'll, we'll speak soon have a healthy week